Welcome to The Wheel Reads, a Wheel of Time podcast. Your hosts are Alan, Chris, and Ian. This podcast is safe for first-time readers with no spoilers. This week, we'll be covering chapters 23 and 24 of The Great Hunt, the testing, and new friends and old enemies. Enjoy! All right, welcome to season two, episode eleven. Um, it's actually episode thirty-five, so it's uh, not really a milestone, but it's it, to us it is. Thirty-five is a long time. We, we've been uh, we've been doing this for a while now, uh, as I say every episode. And I'll probably be, I'll pro- yeah, and I'll probably be saying that through all our episodes. I actually did the math; it's actually be three hundred and sixty-four episodes when we're all said and done. So you'll be able to listen to one episode a day for an entire year once we're done with this. Mm-hmm. It'll be awesome. <laughs> nice. I, yeah. So that's that's my plan for the next year after this to recover is to go back and listen to my entire podcast. But other than that, uh, just a little things going on. As far as new patrons this week, we don't have any new patrons, but we want to give a big, big thanks, a big shout out to over in Scotland, Jamofi D., um, he upped his patron level. So whenever that happens, we are super appreciative. Nice. Um, Yay. Uh, people that, that jump up in the tiers because that definitely still helps a whole lot. So um, very, very happy with that. Uh, and if anybody who is a patron wants to up and up the tier, go ahead. If you're not a patron, feel free to think about joining. Uh, normally, these, these um, uh, live recordings are for patrons only. Occasionally, like tonight, we open them up for everyone. Um, that's not a normal thing. Normally, to order to hear this, you have to actually become a patron. Um, it's the lowest tier. It's a dollar to be able to hear live recordings. But uh, you do have to give us a dollar. Otherwise, you can't hear it normally. Um, or you have to just get every once in a while episodes. So think about it. There's also cool perks if you get higher tiers. But basic level, you get live recordings and you get to hang out with us every Tuesday night. Um, and hear all the horrible things about recording podcasts and the live version that gets edited out. So, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, just drink with us and hang out with us too. Um, other news, uh, we have, uh, we hit another milestone or are getting close to a milestone. And, you know, we, we did a giveaway when we hit 10,000 listeners and I had told myself I was going to do another giveaway when we hit 20,000. So we hit 10,000 in the beginning of August. So it took us eight months to get to 10,000. Well, we hit 15,000 this week. So it took four weeks to get halfway to where it took eight months. So so that 20,000 is probably coming pretty fast. uh, And we'll give away another book, I guess. So another book's coming. Uh, Someone's going to die. Speaking of giveaways, uh, we did a frosty mug giveaway. So um, we did pick the winner for that. So it was on Twitter. You had to like, retweet, and comment on the Twitter post to get a Will Reed's Frosty Mug. And the winner is Romine Ayil, which I believe is someone else in chat right now. But um, Romine Ayil is the Twitter name. I know, it's Jake. Uh, so Jake won our, um, our Frosty Mug. So Yay. in touch with Jake and free Frosty Mug, which is pretty cool. Um, I always like it when we with people we know win, but that doesn't always happen. Actually, this is the first time I think someone we know has actually won. Every other thing I've given away, I have they're not on Discord as far as I know. 
you might be creeping the shadows. But, well, we got yeah. we got tree that one time with the book. We did, we did. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, tree so did. But that was spot. that was, but that was for a patron one. Oh, that's so true. they were all. That's yeah, true. those were all patrons. So that was a Patreon giveaway. Different. <laughs> so, so all those people were, were were in the inner circle. This was an open Twitter. Everyone. So. Oh yeah, that's really even cool. So, yeah. So frosty mug coming your way. We'll exchange information later. I'll get your mailing information and send that out um, in, the, in the next whenevers. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll have more giveaways coming um, as time goes on. Like I said, probably sooner than later we'll do another book giveaway. But um, we like giveaway stuff. Um, it's why we don't have better equipment. Is because we every time I say I'm going to buy something better, I give away more shit. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> so we'll probably just keep giving away stuff and never actually buy anything for ourselves. But it's okay. Uh, we appreciate the fandom, and we like giving away stuff. So, yeah. um, with being said, a um, couple other quick announcements: Sprosty Mug. We do have merchandise. Go check out the merch store. Um, and starting this episode, we're doing something different. So normally when you look at the episode description, I have like a million different links. Well, our good friend Nablus, who's been on our podcast before has launched his own website called the It's amazing. It's in beta version right now. It's going to get better and better as it's going, um, as it gets larger and gets more flushed out. But right now, um, um, it's still a great place, and we have actually a content creator page on there, and it has all of our links on there. So rather than post a bunch of stuff, I'm just going to post a link to that. It takes you there, and you can get everything else from there. So uh, you get our merch- yeah, you'll get our merchandise uh, from there. You get our Patreon from there. You get a Discord invite from there. All over social media, all from one spot. So um, really but appreciative of that. More. No wait, there's more. Yeah, so that's going to be kind of my new thing. Is just yeah, go to. Uh, thegreatblight.com uh, and if you just click on uh, podcasters I think for the first one so oh wow that's yeah. cool it's really easy to find us um, anyway so yeah so um, but without anything else yeah, you might hear some other voices in the background that's because we have a guest tonight I've been talking way too long now we have the way of the leaf both brother Dan and brother Ryan uh, two brothers they do an amazing amazing YouTube slash podcast uh, format it's a fun time you might have seen before. They're puppets. They're great. They were on us with us for that podcast. Uh, um, uh, uh, podcast. But I'll let them talk about themselves and introduce themselves a little bit more and talk and plug themselves shamelessly. So, brother Dan, brother Ryan, take it over. Uh, hello, Ellen. How are you? It's good to see you guys or hear you guys. Um, the Great Blight, by the way, is fantastic. That mm-hmm. interface is wonderful. The whole project is so giving and loving and everything that um this community has kind of represented is kind of wrapped up in this thing and i'm i'm so we also have a content creator page on there and i'm really just it it exemplifies just how awesome this community is and just how awesome everyone is it's it's kind of it's it's wonderful so thank you for mentioning that that's cool uh we are the way the leaf that's uh ryan and i'm ryan's brother dan we do a podcast that is a recap a chapter by chapter recap right now we're in the eye of the world uh chapter eight um we also do and that's a long form kind of thing where we stretch out with spoiler free um we have a uh, a tavern talk section which is spoiler filled but that's near the end of the podcast we also have a video show where we um, speak with a first-time reader. His name is Todd, um, and we are on chapter, I think, 
15 and 16 with Todd. Um, and we do uh, one-off videos every once in a while. We're trying to get more into that. And uh, we're puppets uh, generally. So that's, that's what we are. You can find us at The Way of the Leaf on uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also find us at The Way of the Leaf when you see two handsome puppets on YouTube. That is us. Um, and we are also on Twitter and Discord. And we're very excited to be here. This is a cool chapter. This is one of my favorite chapters. Uh, and it's just a coincidence that we're a part of this. So this is awesome. Thank you, guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're excited to have you. Thank you. Right? Oh, yeah. No, thanks, Alan. Uh, Ian, Chris, is nice to talk to you guys again. Hey, everybody in chat. Yeah, so we are the way of least, like Dan was saying. One thing I just wanted to add is the thing that we like the most about what we've been able to accomplish in this short time in the community is all the collaborations we're doing. Um, it reminds me of uh, being in uh, bands when I was in local bands in Santa Cruz. You'd have uh, a community of bands kind of working together. They would challenge each other. They would work off of each other's stuff. Something like this is very much like, you know, setting up a show for me. I would try and find a venue, set up a show, get my friends' bands to play. So this feels very similar to what that whole uh, community was like for me. It's great to be doing stuff like this. Um, yeah, we add music to this. Uh, we, we have a team of people that kind of work with us. We have a musician named Hermit Convention. Um, we work with him. We do dramatic quote reads, and then we send it off to him, and he... Um, basically scores them and sends it back to us. Oh, and we wow. add, them, add them to our show. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, we'll do. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. We get Chris to sing in the background. Chris, go. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the green light. Give me the sunlight. I love I how the sound comes out of such a a body. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what a what a dark friend. This guy. I we cosign. Thank you. So when when any chance we can mix it up with people we do, Andrew the Barb, uh Bard Barb? Barb? Yeah, Bard Barb. Anyways, and he uh made a song based on something we said on a on the Black Tower podcast show. Uh we've since take we've taken that and re we've remixed it. And we're adding our we're adding orchestration to it. We might make a video out of it. So those those types of things are uh, kind of the other aspects of of the of what we're doing that we like to. I just want to emphasize: we have our show, we have our podcast, but we also have these kind of little one-off things um, that you'll you'll find on Twitter. If you can join us on Twitter, that's mainly where we're sh showcasing these things. Cool, awesome. Well, we're we're happy to have you tonight. It's going to be a lot of fun. We are covering some really cool chapters. But before we get into those chapters and start talking about Will of Time, uh, we still talk about our personal life every week. So as far as things going on in my life, I had like the perfect storm in my kitchen where my dishwasher decided just to – my control panel, the dishwasher, just died. So I called a appliance guy, and he said, well, yeah, the cost of getting that thing replaced – uh, plus labor, you might as well just buy a new one. I hate that answer. Yeah, don't you? Um, yeah, because it's like so. It's like two hundred fifty dollars for a new control panel, and then if you don't know what you're doing, you really need a technician to do it. And then after that, it's gonna cost five hundred dollars, and a new dishwasher costs like four hundred bucks or four hundred five dollars. So I'm like, well, I guess we're gonna get a new dishwasher. Um, so uh, and then also, so my kitchen sink all of a sudden stopped. Uh, well, started uh, it 
got uh, broke a pipe or whatever it is. Got like I had to replace the whole faucet system. Oh. Did that last okay. weekend. So there was like a whole couple of days where like you're kind of wash dishes. I we're carrying them to like the kitchen or to the bathroom sink and like washing hand washing dishes. <laughs> the bathroom sink. Uh, That's that was not pretty bad. Yeah, but it was what we could do. So we got we got three. We got a new faucet in. So we're still not. Well, I'm the dishwasher right now until uh, the nose. But uh, so um, uh, we'll get a new one eventually. Um, also, was on the content creator showdown last weekend, which was a a whole lot of fun. Um, uh, I was on a team with uh, Vance from the Gleeman, um, the Wheel of Mind, uh, and then Jen and Jess for the White Tower. Um, I don't really remember much of it besides I had a really good time and I was taking shots of whiskey the entire time. So uh, <laughs> I, I just, I did it. I turned off the computer and I went to sleep for like three hours. Yes. I was drunk, but um, yeah. <laughs> so that was, that was the show. I think, did we, did we win? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, You're a winner in my I think I think we got third place or so. Okay, oh, third. Thank you, Delicious. All right. We <laughs> came in third place. All right. Sweet. Well, yeah. If, if you got drunk and took a nap, then yeah, you won. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, That's exactly. a good afternoon. <laughs> as, as I told Jen and Jess before we started, it was an old phrase of ours in college. We might not win the competition, but we'll win the party. Right? <laughs> Ian, we'll Heck yeah. on that. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's the main goal. Yeah. You, you come to win the party. Everything else is kind of, yeah, whatever. But so, sure. What about you guys? Anything new in life going on, Chris, Ian, or Leaf Brothers? Well, I'll get mine out of the way. And I know I'm going to come off sounding ungrateful, uh, but everything has been overshadowed by today. Tuesday, the day of days, uh, where Ian went back to work in an office in a cubicle after I have been teleworking since St. Patrick's Day, never putting on a shirt, mostly just wearing board shorts. And having a drink by 11 o'clock in the morning. Um, so, yes, grateful to have a job. I don't want to sound too much of a turd there. Uh, but, oh, my goodness. Like, not used to getting up early anymore. This just could be a wine fest by me. I mean, like, up at 5 in the morning, in the office by 6. I'm working 10-hour days now. And this is the first day. And it was just, it was horrible. <laughs> so, uh, but I'll get over it. Uh, and excited to be here. So th- this is a good pick-me-up for Tuesday. So thanks, guys. Yeah. We're here for you. Yes, we love Chris, you. Chris, what, what million, million and five things are you doing? Oh, my goodness. This is exactly <laughs> how it is, isn't it? Let's see here. Grad He's going to be a doctor by the time we finish this podcast, I, by I'm, the way. Probably. <laughs> Chris is now in another master's degree because he's forced to get into it. I did get accepted. Did get my financially situated. So... That is good Sweet. to go. I managed to apply for and get accepted to and get financial aid for grad school in two days. <laughs> wow. In a division, That's impressive. Division one school. So <laughs> I'm pretty much in, in a, yeah. feeling a little bit boss like. Um, I have gotten through week one of new hire as a teacher. I'm into week two and I've determined. Nobody knows what they're doing, and I know just as much as anybody else, so that makes me feel better. Um, I should say it's a fair trade-off. They have the content that I need. I have all the background knowledge that they need for the technology, so there's been a lot of trading going on right now, and we're all trying to learn a new, um, some people call it LMS, some people call it CMS, Learning Management System, Classroom Management System, um, 
we're all taking trainings on things that we're already having to have had done. So needless to say, we're wasting a lot of time. Um, thank all of our taxpayers for paying for that. Appreciate you. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Big ups. Uh, but other than that, um, Chanel is coming into town on Friday. Yay. So say, I'm pretty excited. I get to show her around our area and, you know, take her to, to Jamestown and take her out to Virginia Beach and just kind of meander here and there and see who we see and do what we do and <clears throat> a lot of doing what we do and then that'll be it. And after that, I'm headed to Charlotte with her after a couple of days of work. So it's be cool. Cool. Is she lived on Charlotte? Yeah, her family's from Charlotte. So that's that's awesome. Yeah, um, that's a fun city. I mean, I don't know how much time you spent on Charlotte. Um, I'm not going to get into it. I'm not allowed to go there anymore, but uh, <laughs> it's a really fun city. Yeah. Sheriff's like, Alan, you ever step foot in Charlotte again? I was I was banned from Charlotte at one point. Actually, that's what the police officer told me. He said, get out of our town, never come back. So, uh, <laughs> I believe Brother Dan has a story somewhere like that. <laughs> um, so I will I'll maybe tell that that story some other time on a better subject. The patrons all here. That's a patron uh, story. That's not that's not for everyone. Uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was, uh, listen. Yeah, you guys signed a, a, a NDA, a non-disclosure agreement, before I tell that story. And, uh, yeah, so. <laughs> that's, uh, that's not a joke. <laughs> It's probably not a joke either. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> anyway. So, uh, good time. Charlotte is a wonderful city, though. Queen City is beautiful. Um, Why well, is it called so, Queen City? I've never figured that out. Never asked either. I I I never asked either, but it's called Queen City, and um, I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, was there a Queen yeah. Charlotte? Who would you ask? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's what they call it. Yeah, no, it's named after uh, Charlotte from someone, Charlotte. Someone said, yeah, Charlotte from, from Germany. Someone said in chat, in chat, yeah, Queen Charlotte from Germany. It should uh, be the Humble City or the Radiant City. Okay, cool. cool. Well, that's, I guess, the name. All right, so, <laughs> anyways, how about you guys? Anything personal you guys want to talk about? Uh, Dan Ryan or numbers, bank account numbers, uh, social security, whatever you want. Whatever you want. Yeah, we're, we're I almost, there. I almost got them. too much going on that I don't want to get into it. But gotcha. um, okay, but, but Ryan, but, I can I can levitate things or elevate things by I got a new puppy. Oh. Her name is Hazel. She is a, oh. a, a beagle, and she's on the Discord. You can see her in our little uh, show your pets page. But yeah, she's oh. beautiful and puppy. she's playful and. She woke me up three times last night to go pee, <laughs> and I love her. <laughs> have you had a beagle before? Yes, I, I have a, a uh, older beagle. He's almost 13. Oh, wow. So okay, I so you know beagles are such a treat. Oh, my gosh. One of my favorite dogs. Uh, I had labs growing up, but then I had a rescue uh, beagle uh, when I got older, moved to the D.C. area. Uh, don't tell my other dogs, but he was my favorite. <laughs> so you used to come <laughs> eagle to DC and you didn't get hit with sound ordinance issues? <laughs> oh no. Well he he stuck around the house. He was a grouchy old man, but we loved him anyways. Yeah. Good deal. Hey. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, right. so Hazel's a new part of our family. So th- we've been all adjusting to that. And my kids are, uh, I mean, if, if I die, I want to come back as one of my pet, my, one of my own pets. <laughs> That's awesome. It's just smothered in love. Yay. Awesome. Awesome. And Brian, anything from you or? No, no, I'm good. It's <laughs> 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 oh, good. Oh, all right. I'm drinking a light rose oh, coffee. I got a nice you go. I'm ready. All Sweet. right. Sounds good. So let's go right to the episode. because we've already wasted like 30 minutes and we got a lot to talk about this chapter. So yes. more so this second chapter covered tonight. So we'll quickly go to predictions and go right into the episode. So from last time the predictions were um, Ian thinks that Celine is Lanfear. Um, Chris doesn't, but that's uh, Ian's prediction. Um, Rand is is going to get all the Aiel back together again. He's getting the band back together. He's going to get all the Aiel. Um, Chris thinks that drag cars are pretty much the mentors from Harry Potter and that J.K. Rowling, J.K. Rowling just stole the, their entire, all our ideas from Robert <laughs> Jordan. Nice. Um, and, and once again, Lan is the man. Um, that, I know I get points so, for that one because Lan is, in fact, the man. That's, that's a winner yeah. every time I say it. Well, that's yeah. a hot take for sure. That's a yeah. hot tech. Hence the band. Um, so yeah, that was uh, the embrace death from last episode was pretty badass. But oh, beautiful. But now we're now we're getting away from the boys. We're away from Moraine, and now we're back to the White Tower. So let's move on to chapter twenty-three, the testing. And the icon for both chapters tonight is going to be the same icon. It's just the flame of Tarvalid. It's where we are. I don't think we have to talk about the icon too much because we're in Tarvalid for both chapters. And yeah. yeah. Right there, the testing. So you guys, we talked about this. I think you guys thought like this is going to be about Nadi's testing. I think we said it last week at the very end, and you guys were right. So I don't know if you guys want to talk about it more, but it's, it's <laughs> totally we testing. Love to hear you say that we were right. <laughs> when, yeah, love to hear you say that you guys are right. Every once in a while, you guys are um, actually a lot. It's about fifty percent of everything you say is right. The other fifty percent is completely wrong. <laughs> uh, it's a uh, <laughs> it's a good trade off at the moment. It is. It what is. I will say, and I'm sure Chris and I will touch on this multiple times in this chapter, even though we got what we expected, and even though what unfolded wasn't too surprising, like it was just so well written, this chapter was still phenomenal. I mean, I enjoyed every second of it. This is this is one where I actually read it a couple times and listened to it. Uh and it was it was great. Loved it. And that last go around, that was a bit of a surprise, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> we'll get there. Yeah, yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. So yeah, so it starts out with Nynaeve. She's in a very large chamber. It's in the White Tower. She's super nervous, and it gets to the description of the room. Like there's these three kind of, I guess how they describe the arches. Are they like glass or I can't remember how they describe it, but they're silver. Silver, yeah, three silver arches. Uh, and the, I guess if you, you know, kind of like they all touch each other. So if you look around, like it would be like kind of like a dome almost. I, that's how I picture my head. I don't know, but like kind of like a circle in a domed room, and they all have this like little shimmering about them. And um, and they ask, and he asked what they are. They said, well, the tank tear angriel. So it's not an angriel; it's a terangriel, which is different. Um, and you get a simple explanation of what they are. Like they're kind of like angriel. Angriels used to like we learned about that from book one. They're used to help you. Use the power more. Whereas these Focus. don't just, nope. 
yeah, this don't necessarily use the power. They can use the power, but they all have purpose. So like these are like items that that do something. Like whereas an Angriel just enhances the power. Is this it sad that I've been all, thinking about like going to the bathroom? Going to the bathroom? Yeah, what? like the, the Tangriel is just like whipping out and going to the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> and then the and then the Sangriel is like using, you know, maybe a couple fingers. And then the angry is like using a whole hand. You really get to focus in on where you're aiming. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's the end of it. I always think of something very Alan, different. Alan, write that, write that down as a prediction, please, Alan. Yeah, yeah just, yes, just uh, no, no, no taken. Uh. <laughs> I, I didn't think I would ever blush doing a podcast. So it's all about taking a piss, right? So exactly. basically, there you go. And all different levels of how controlling the, the piss the stick got it. Uh, controlling the stream. Got it. Um, Interesting. <laughs> Interesting way, but yeah. So, what, what, what is it? When it's like the morning after, and you have three streams. What it is there a? Uh, <laughs> well, he started that by saying going to the bathroom and then using your hand like that. I was picture something else. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> I, I ended up feeling relieved that he was talking about the other thing. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. Right. That's anyway, the best well, episode. Yeah, anyway, so moving on. So, uh, why? Just kidding. Go on. There's all these different tear Angriel they have, and they say, like, a lot of them they won't even test because they don't know what to do and they're scared to test them. Um, but they talk about the Oath Fraud as one of them, and they talk about the Free Oaths as well. Um, so, uh, and, and you learn a little about well, about the Oath Fraud and the Three Oaths that the Ice and I have to swear on them. So, well, let's talk about all this opening scene and, and Terry Agriel's and the descriptions and what you guys' thoughts are. Well, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how they um, portray the domed room and how they get the lighting and everything. The The fact that he put so much emphasis on how the room was shaped kind of just goes to the idea of like almost a gateway into another world in my mind. The, the arches and the rings were all one piece, but at the same time, you know, throughout the use of it, they feel like I feel like we're walking in and walking out and walking in and walking out as if it was multiple arches, but they kind of make it seem like it's one. So I want to know what I can't put that image together in my mind. For those that have listened, I'm not a geometrically type person. Like I don't like geometry. I don't like shapes. They don't make sense to me. You give me equations, you give me scenery, I'm good, but you start talking architecture and I've got to I have to see it. So I'm really waiting to see how they put the room together. Mm-hmm. I know that doesn't make much sense, but when you have the fact that you've got all these different eyes to die in that room too, I want to see how they're going to shape it. Cause it, in my mind, I see like people kind of on the outer, outer part of the dome, like sitting around maybe higher up and then they're kind of watching down on top of what's happening. And that kind of leads to the whole idea of anxiety for the mistress of novice, Miss Shereem. Is that how you pronounce it? I always pronounce these things. Yeah. Sure, sure, yeah. Yes. So. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I think uh, I think that'll look pretty fantastic. Also, so one of one of the first things uh, I underlined and got into was a little bit of the psychology here with uh, naive, naive. Uh, if you if, if we rewind all the way back to the very beginning, um, the way she acts towards the boys and uh, you know how she corrects them and might womp them on the head, you know, for talking out of line or speaking out of line. Well, I say the boys, but any man at all it like she kind of does it from a position of power that's as you're reading like you're oh man she's a significant figure here uh but then her first line of this chapter she comes in she says first you leave me to stare at my thumbs from morning to night she muttered and now it's all in a rush and now she's using that same attitude more as like a defense mechanism because you know she's or at least the way i read it she's got to be nervous right she's walking to this room Mm -hmm already got a taste of what being one of the accepted might be from the Amberland on the, on the boat ride. And she knows it's going to suck. Uh, and she only got like this super quick rundown on what's going to happen. She walks in here, sees these sites and her, her default is to find something to criticize or complain about. Um, but, you know, like I said, instead of trying to be in that position of power, it's, it's more of a more defense mechanism for to, you know, try and criticize something. I completely agree with you. And that, that statement that was made about Aes Sedai is that they seem to always be in a moment of serenity, but then all of a sudden um, there's a little bit of anxiety. I'd like to see if she will be able, if Nynaeve will be able to become more serene as she begins to learn more about the power. Because we can tell really quickly she's, in my opinion, a little bit hot-headed I mean, her response is always kind of like go off and ask questions later. So, no, but wait, wait, naive, hot headed? No, no, <laughs> no. We read the same book. <laughs> <laughs> She's a little hot headed. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she she makes me um, that chick from uh, uh, X Men, the one that Cyclops is with, but Wolverine wants. Oh yes, Jean uh, Jean Grey. Great, yeah, yeah. like he has all this like potential for amazing power, but like we're at this point right now. If if, if mentally and emotionally she doesn't get a hold of it, like you know, I, I just foresee she could be like this horrible bomb that just goes off in this world, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so you're, you're are you naive is Jean Grey now? <laughs> so she was Anakin last book. So she's got Anakin. To Jean Grey, so well, she's, de- uh, she's definitely gotten better looking. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, and then they also mentioned the oath rod as well. So, taking the three oaths, and they talked about that. Um, this is the first time you hear the oath rod and the three oaths. Yes, yeah, um, we have. It says, "When you are raised to full sisterhood, you will take your final vows, holding the Tangriel." Did I say that right? To speak no word that is not true, to make no weapon for one man to kill another, never to use the one power as a weapon except against dark friends or shadow spawn, or in the last extreme of defending your own life, that of your order, or that of another sister. Well, it's curious, actually, that next line, Nynaeve says it sounded either like too much to swear or too little. And she said so. What do you think that? 
that's an interesting way to phrase that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. So even even before she said that, I'm starting to think about the the oath as they're giving it, and if it is in fact completely binding, can't break it. There's no way around it. And like on the one hand, I feel, uh, you know, maybe maybe there should be more like you know, the average person probably doesn't want the eye said eye to be able to, you know, come up and compel them to do whatever, or, you know, work their magic on them. So in, in terms of putting other people, other, other kingdoms at ease, maybe there should be more. But then you start to think about the role they could play in the grand scheme of things. And why, why on earth would you bind your own hands? Why, why would you keep yourself from being able to do what needs to be done? Well, you've got and then think- I start thinking about my Moraine theory and how I think she's going to do dark friend shit in order to get the job done. But if she took this, how is she going to be able to do that? Don't give up on yourself know. yet. Don't give up on yourself yet. What <laughs> you have to think of these more or less as guidelines. So I, I yeah, understood Nynaeve's thought about too little or too much or too much or too little. However you want to say it. I like it the other way. Too little first off. Because the first says to speak no word, uh, to speak no word that is not true. Well, that just means you have to learn how to become a manipulative somebody, or right. you have to learn verbiage and syntax and how to use it in a way that what you're always saying is true, but it may not be true in a particular moment or at a particular point in time, or it may not be relevant to a particular thing. I said I are really good at misdirection yes. and you ask a question and they answer it with the truth that has nothing to do with what you just asked. Yeah. Like so it's, yeah. that's how they that's how they talk. God, uh, I said I talk. To and me. that's why that's why, you know, Tam going all the way back said you're the I said I don't always say the truth you think they say. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's 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 true, but it's not always the truth you think it is. This oath is really um, just a yeah. challenge, not really an oath. To make no yeah. weapon for one man to kill another. Well, what about a woman? Well, why not make a weapon that I could use to kill another man? Like, <laughs> who says it has to be a weapon? Maybe you create something that is not necessarily a weapon, but if misused, can kill somebody else. I mean, yeah. hey, never to use the one power as a weapon except against dark friends or shadow spawns or in the last extreme. Well, who is to define who a dark friend is or a shadow spawn is? Uh, and how do you define defending your life? Like all of that's open to interpretation. It's not very specific. Right. There are no real conditions to this. Right. Like, well, I, 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 let's I, I, go I, I, back. To so do you, if, uh, if an ace and I lies, what happened? Would you think anything happens? I don't know. Maybe it's one of those things where technically they could do it. They could squeak a lie out, but you know, it cause causes a, you know, tremendous amount of mental or emotional pain or something like that. So it would be very hard for them to cover it up. They'd have to be extremely disciplined to be able to lie and get away with it, uh, especially around other Aes Sedai. Yeah. I have nothing to base purpose. that on. That's just, you know, I- I'm not yeah. eliminating it as a possibility. Like reading this, I don't go, oh, well, Aes Sedai won't lie. Now, there's, there's probably a way around it and a, a way to beat the system here. Sure. Okay. Well, moving past the oath, Rod, we'll come back. I guarantee you guys, it's, it might be a little spoiler, but we'll come back to the oaths again and again. So uh, we're going to move on for the sake because there's a lot more to talk about in this chapter, a whole lot more to talk about. Hmm. Um, so um, they talk more about the ta- Terangiel, how 
most of them they avoid. They don't touch. They found a bunch of them. A lot of them they don't even know what they do. Um, and they talk about the, this one that's in front of them. Um, it's three. It's three arches. And what they do is they bring out your worst fears. Um, at this point, Sherry turns to Nynaeve and gives her option out. She says, "You can say no. You don't have to do this. Um, but but once you start, you have to finish." So this is your kind of out. You can refuse, I think it's three times. You could say, I don't want to do this. And then they'll kick you out of the White Tower after the third time. But once you start, you got to finish. If you stop now, then you're out. So it's up to you. And they said, before we begin, one final thing. Take your it's dangerous. It, well, no, before that, it's super dangerous. I said I have died going to this thing. We don't really know what it is, but... Go go ahead and yeah, they kind of act like they just found it and said, <laughs> yeah. "All right, let's let's try this out." <laughs> <laughs> and it might work, it might not. Who so knows? you might die, yeah. but um, you want to go do this? Let's go do this. <laughs> so yeah, so know, seem, seems like seems like an act just to kind of build up the suspense here to really mess with naive. I mean, that is the exact same spiel I was given during my college swim team initiation we had to walk through this cave and you know they told stories about the swimmer that never came back and blah 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 and someone's someone's got a chainsaw that they're revving up to scare the shit out of you and they're like you could go back if you want and blah blah you know everybody's been through this mm-hmm. so it's all a bunch of bs this does okay. seem like a pretty extreme um initiation though this isn't just paddling as you crawl through like people's legs or whatever yeah all right so maybe this one's a little bit a little bit more intense yeah chris what's your thought yeah chris what's your thoughts on all this well i mean for this one they said like we do know what this one does it's going to bring out your greatest fears so i was like Mm -hmm. all right well do we really have any concept of what Nynaeve's greatest fears are? And I thought for a moment that we were going to go to her, like, losing land forever. Like, yeah. I kind of went there. I, I knew well, something with Evansville was going to come up just because she's so attached to her home. And then I thought something regarding land. And for the third, I really didn't have any idea what it could be. So I really it kind of showed me how much more I need to pay attention to naive. Um, Yeah. And just kind of looking at it from that perspective. And then from the idea of the different ceremony and the hazing and such, if you want to call it that, the fact that people are willingly going through these arches, knowing that they could lose their lives kind of put into perspective, um, what particular people would do for power. Mm. But then also Mm. out of some twisted sense of like loyalty and purpose. So that's kind of where my mind went. It's like, you know, I I don't know that I would go that far, but then again, I've never been given an opportunity where it's like, put your life on the line for something and you can receive greatness, I guess, you know, makes you think. Well, nine months. Nynaeve's the perfect example of what you said, like uh, the twisted purpose, like, you know, maybe they're yeah. thinking it's going to weed people out and it's you're only going to make it through if you really want to be an Aes Sedai. Well, you're leaving out the possibility like, like Nynaeve, she wants to be an Aes Sedai, but so that she can do harm with it. And that's yeah. what motivates you. Mm-hmm. So yeah. 
to make Murray pay for what she did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so she says she's ready and the ceremony begins. They did, you know, Nani strips down completely naked because you have to go naked to these things. Um, and, gets, yeah, and, gets, and gets a little bit of these words for the first time. The first time is what was. The way back will come up. So, uh, yeah, the, the way will come back, come back once, but be steadfast. So, yeah. Do you want to just jump right into this first uh, arch, or do you guys want to talk about this little ceremony and, and these words? Do you have thoughts? Well, so when I – it's hard to talk about this without talking about what is coming up. The first time mm-hmm. is for what was. The way back will come back once. Be steadfast. And then we know what happens. She has to – go into a great battle with a particular person so that means that we're now visiting maybe a past life maybe oh interesting because and i get oh, nope, sorry, before, nope i i was gonna say uh i i just think that we should acknowledge just how scary this is Sher, sherry and herself said that she she boned out one time and said i couldn't do it the first time there's mm-hmm. no shame if you don't want to do it there's this big scary thing in front of them. They have to get completely naked, completely vulnerable, and step through these arches. Um, this is this is a pretty this is a pretty anxious time for Nynaeve. and and I think it's kind of put out pretty well just how uncomfortable and scary this kind of is. Yeah, uh, agreed. I, in combination with that, I I think we have to go back to. Nynaeve's character and what motivates her and, and how she acts and her determination just in life in general. Like, I feel like if they came up to this and they were like, okay, this is super important, but no Aes Sedai has ever survived this before. Well, then maybe Nynaeve would think, well, then why the heck would I do it? I've got nothing to prove. But knowing that even one has ever made it, and and not just that, but all the Aes Sedai that are around today have gone through it. There's... I, there's nothing that was going to keep Nynaeve from going through because then she would have to admit to herself that they're more brave than she is. They're stronger than she is. And in her mind, she's above all of them. Um, at, at least how I interpret her character right. so far. Right. And everyone but, but, loves to skip a grade. Everyone loves to be like, Oh, well I, you know, I skipped eighth grade. I just went right into high school, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and that's no, kind of what Nynaeve is doing. I beat those kids up. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> they were on the path. They were on the path to greatness. Uh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Alan, uh, you dark friend. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Cosine, again. Uh, anyway, so, um, so yeah, she enters this into this arch, and, um, yeah, it, she's in a maze, like a stone wall maze. And trying to figure a way out. And her memories are fading away. And she starts walking. She starts trying to figure it out. And we could talk about this for a while. But it's really just her just trying to figure out this pattern. And then she sees something move. And she starts being nervous. And she sees something move again. She starts seeing things on the corner of her eyes. So I'm, I'm waiting for this. This is me, If they do it right in the TV show, I hope they don't adapt this differently. Because it's, it's one of those freaky type scenes where... I know other movies stuff have done this before where like you're in a maze and 
starts things start going weird. Whether you want to talk about the labyrinth, which is an amazing movie. Don't, oh, yeah. don't, uh, <laughs> or even don't Children of the Corn, man. All yeah, this stuff is creepy. Corn, yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, so it's kind of like that kind of thing. And all of a sudden, a man jumps out. And yeah, so let's talk about this. I said his dark scripted. clothes had been musty, half-rotten looking, and he was old. Older than old. Skin like crazed parchment covered his skull too tight as if there was no flesh beneath. Wispy tufts of brittle hair covered his scalp, scalp, and his eyes were so sunken they seemed to peer out of two caves. So gross. (laughs) (laughs) Grody, ew. It's nasty. (laughs) So this is one of these moments, this is one of the moments, Chris, where you got my mind spinning because uh, you know, you read the first part about her going to the maze and she references how she used to do like mazes and puzzles, whatever, when she was a kid. I was like, okay, that, that makes sense. Fear from the past. But then when this guy steps out and introduces himself, I just get so caught up in the moment. Even after reading it a couple times, I don't ask myself, what is that? What does this have to do with her past? And well, like, she spent Agonor before. Oh, yeah, but. I'm thinking past, like, well, childhood past. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Maybe more distant past. Well, either way, Chris put in my mind the potential of a a former life, a previous turn of the wheel. Uh, not so like it, last, not like last month. Whoever yeah, <laughs> Nynaeve was, you know, two thousand years ago or whatever. Well, further back than that, um, has battled this this being before. So yeah. this isn't their first encounter like this. So I, yeah. Just redundant encounters. Even from the last yeah. book, maybe that was something from a prior. Like we just, we don't know enough. Speaking of timelines, Zul did what, and I'm going to call it Zul Rafash. She did want me to correct something from the last episode. We were talking about how long it's been since the beginning, um, last episode. And we were completely off on her timeline. She actually sent me a website that actually goes through the timeline. So um, do you guys know how far we are since the beginning? I just, mm-hmm. I know we're stopping this and going on a tangent right now, but I found this fascinating. Like, how months. long has it been? How long has it been since we started the, started Eye of the World? Um, I want to say six months. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Two months. Six? It's three, three, three. Three months. Three months. And Rantus <laughs> hung out for one, one of them, right? Yeah. Yeah. He was in fall dark for one of them. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, it's, <laughs> That's a lot of change in a short amount of time. They, they, they've been through a lot. <laughs> Changes. Right. Welcome to 2020, Rand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Sorry. <laughs> uh, anyway. So, yeah. So, back to the story. Agador's here. He starts chasing Nynaeve. Nynaeve's running away. She's scared, but fear turns to anger because, as Star Wars has always taught, taught us, that's what happens. Um, and it leaves to hatred, and hatred leads to suffering. And yeah, so anyway, um, but Bill's <laughs> character, character brings hope and the hope of salvation. So you got to okay, yeah, continue you down You got to go full circle. Yeah, okay. Yep. Yeah. Um, so yeah, then she feels the source start to like, uh, you know, fl- flow into her. 
Um, and she turns it up and basically says, you have no right and throws a fireball at, at him. Cause he's also saying really nasty things to her. It's just really weird scene. And he kind of turns around, throws lightning at her, but then she actually, I guess, figures it out and redirects the lightning back at him, which is badass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so let's talk about all of this. Like it happens really fast, but it's, Really badass what's happening right now. <laughs> oh, well, I, I was going to say, like, if you're going to battle Nynaeve, you've got to be careful uh, what you show her in, in terms of what the power can do. Because we have this reoccurring theme where it doesn't take much. She sees it once, she sees you do it, and she can repeat it, and she can do it stronger. And even in this split second, he tries to, you know, whip out some power on her, and she's like, no, nope, that's it. You showed me. I know the trick, and then slaps him with it. I mean, do you do you think that? I mean, do you think she actually got hit with? The, I mean, it, it, the way I read it, I felt like, you know, the lightning was hitting her. Correct. And she felt a little bit. Of pain. I think it was towards her, and she actually redirected it. I thought she felt a little pain for a second. She mm. might. Yeah. Uh, that's l- later with the thorns she does that's later yeah i love that he she was like the light burned him he has no right and then she yells at him you have no right i was, that's <laughs> where I was about to go with it. like what, what he have the right to but she's the one that steps in there naked and so he's making comments that he has no right to make those comments but she seemed very hurt as if there was like a deeper something to it that's why i started questioning like yeah she's met him once before but is there some prior interaction that we're just not aware of? Or did something happen to Nynaeve that we're not aware of from her past? I just, you know, that, that scene kind of hit me a different way. I was like, eh, this mm-hmm. is... Well, and if you, if you, uh, we'll get to it in a little bit, but when she comes out of it, they, they said, I said, you're cleansed of all the sins you've done upon someone else, and then all the sins that have been done upon, done upon you. you. And, I was, and and Chris, actually, to your point, it does say right before there that there was breathy promises of what he would do when he caught her. Promises that curdled her stomach, even only half heard. Yeah. So he was being creepy as hell. He was. <laughs> so that's that. That may have been where she's like, "You have no right, brother." It, it, who knows what he was whispering? Yeah. Oh, um, I I had a really big question. Like, so like in the redirecting of the the power of the lightning, Agnor makes the statement like you cannot. And then it cannot be. He leaped away as lightning struck where he had stood stone erupting in a fountain of shards. Like, I wonder what he was referencing. What can't she be? I think he was just shocked that she could do what she did. Like, I mean, to, re- to redirect his attack back at him. Like, I think he was, he was just in utter shock. Yeah, she, but either it, she shouldn't be that strong or. Yeah. Okay. I just, I'm maybe I'm reading too far into Jordan now. Yeah. I mean, but there's also other things later, but I don't know if that necessarily. What? I, we'll talk about stuff in also, a second, but yeah, it's not really clear where, in fact, we are and re- what the rules are of the place we are in. We, yeah, That's, no, yeah, so, exactly. You know, there well, might and, be and it seems. I'm sorry, go on. 
was just saying, it, it seems the Aes Sedai don't even know what the rules are in there. So mm-hmm. it's a crapshoot. Yeah. Right, because they're shocked that Nynaeve channeled and said, yeah. oh, oh, child, oh, don't, oh, don't do that. Oh, whoa, 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 don't do that, baby. We, we didn't even yeah. think we needed to tell you. But she turned, like, full Avatar. Uh, exactly. I don't know if you guys have seen Avatar the Airbender, but, uh, yeah, she, she, her eyes started glowing, her arrows started glowing on her forehead, and she just started shifting earth, shifting wind, shifting everything. She unloaded. Yeah. She, she, yeah, she powered up big time. Yeah. So, so now the May, so now the May starts collapsing around them. Their walls are collapsing. Everything's kind of being thrown to crap, and not, and Agador is running away from Nynaeve now because everything that Agador throws at him, she just redirects right back at him. Um, and obviously, he's now terrified. Um, well, yeah, she's but, the one that's destroying all. So she touched the flow in the ground, redirected it, and the stone collapsed around Agnor, sealing him in. Right. Like, right. this isn't even like, this is essentially her reconstructing the Tangriel's illusion. Yeah. Like the Matrix. And, and, forget mm. Avatar right. the Matrix type stuff. <laughs> and she's Neo. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So, so, but then Agador's pretty much trapped, and she's about to go for the killing blow, and the silver arch appears, and she hears the way it would come back once, be steadfast. And Agador starts to get away, and she hesitates because she hears this thing come back saying, the way it will come once, be steadfast. And she literally has to pull herself away from like the t- total victory to run back. She's like, like, wait, hmm. I'm a demigod right now. Wait, just give me two minutes, yeah, please. Get that up and go back. She's like, like, whoever's responsible for making me, for, for me being here, she muttered, I'll make them wish they had gotten what Agnor got. Like, yeah. she was heated. Mm-hmm. With a cry of thwarted anger. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. All right. Ian, can you do a cry of thwarted anger? Uh, I don't have a NC-17. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, it. <laughs> Fiddlesticks! Habit? <laughs> so, yeah. So, this, I mean, you can imagine how frustrating this must be, though, like that, you know, like you are on the verge of victory and you have to stop. It, yeah. it, it it's why this is tough. So she climbs to the arch, and she's back. And they pour water over her head, you know, to dunk her, just be assholes. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, you know, you're washing your sins, yada yada yada, whatever you did. And um, yeah, you get this interchange. So before we move to this next interchange outside of the Tirangriel, what final thoughts on this first? What was? All right, I don't know if I'm smart enough to complete this thought, but I'm I'm going to try and start, and y'all help me if I get lost. So I, I, this didn't click at all the couple times I read it, but then I'm listening to you all talk, and I'm focusing on this exchange between her and Agenor, and like how you guys said the the creepy things he you know insults he's kind of slinging at her, and and what is it from her past that might be triggering her. Uh, or or might make this a painful memory of hers. And 
I'm thinking about the type of character she's been and she refuses to be even the least bit submissive to anybody or come off as weak to anybody, no matter who they are. And now I'm thinking, all right, as a young girl was naive abused physically, did she have some overbearing father? Was it, you know, raped as a young girl? I mean, something extreme that would, that would shape your character into the type of person she is. And like all of those dots are starting to connect and which is like wildly depressing as I'm thinking about this and listening to you all. But then like there's, I guess, some light at the end of the tunnel there because her motivation is still, you know, she sees the gateway and she's able to break from that and get out and stay focused because she wants to whack Moraine. Uh, and, and that's not to say that, you know, she's evil in thinking that because her reason for doing it is, is to protect those other innocent, well, what were children from her village, uh, maybe her attempt to protect them from the lack of control she had as a kid or, or whenever this happened to her. So I, I don't know. You know, I might've gone over the top here, but well, my, I, I went to a depressive moment there. Well, I think it's actually a kind of very serious topic and, and I'm, I'm not afraid to talk about it a little bit. I think there's what well, one thing I think is really interesting with Robert Jordan is how he's able to portray like female rites of passages. Most uh, literature and and movies really kind of focus on the male rite of passage, but here we have what I can remember is two so far. Egwin and Moraine had one, and that was a very lovely scene, and they end up hugging. And now we have this one, and I think what yeah. we might be what we might be touching on is kind of what a, a, a female experience of the world is, and this is. Um, maybe every woman goes in there and experiences some sort of like vulnerability in this regard because that's maybe the experience of females in general. So I, I thought it was, yeah. you know, I, that's what I was thinking throughout that. I don't know if it's a uniquely na naive thing or if it's just um, a uniquely female thing. But well, and to your point, Ian, there there could have been some really really dark passages for some of these sisters to walk through you know so we see what was in the past what is and what will be what's in the past uh, i mean it if there is some sort of trauma i would imagine that this thing would explore it and this thing would manipulate it and this thing would try to get you to relive this horrible trauma, whatever it could have been. And I'm, I'm sure some of these people really had some horrible, horrible first arch pass passages more so than yeah. fighting, fighting a forsaken, which is scary enough, but granted, but there could have, you know, there could be some really real life things that are traumatic that these people had to relive again, to your point yeah. that you were mentioning before. I got a question. Now, this this thing is designed to test naive, and apparently, it doesn't. It seems like she was not supposed to be doing what she was doing. What could possibly have shaped out if she didn't use the one power? <laughs> like, what what do you think was supposed to happen? <laughs> have you guys thought that through? <laughs> what was done to her would have been done again. Uh, yeah, yeah. Or what the is supposedly would have been done. Crazy. Gosh, yeah. that'd have been worse. And yeah. So, yeah, and so yeah, so she basically turns the tide, and that's what's so amazing about it. And like, and it's and it's uh, it's a victory. 
Um, I got a uh, one another question I wanted to say is, um, did you guys notice how she was noticing um, or s sensing what he was doing? And did you what, what did you guys think of that? Like while she was running and he was chasing. No, when she yeah, no, when she was when, when he when was he, drawing on the power. Yeah, when she, she was attacking uh, him yeah. and she had him cornered, she was constantly sensing that he was fighting back, he was weakening, she was sensing a lot about him. Oh yeah, yeah. So I just want to know what you guys thought about that. It was interesting because it made her seem like she could 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 feel him, like she could read him, or almost like she could feel his use of uh Sadine. Siding. So I, I really question that connection, whether or not there are specific Aes Sedai out there that have that ability, because we all know that some can have particular abilities. So maybe that's yeah. the thing that she can do is sense the use of it. Mm. I, I don't know. I mean, that's kind of what makes a wisdom special is they kind of know when you're sick and they kind of feel what's going on with you like an empath but so may, maybe that's part of her ability so yeah so they get out of this world um they are out of the arch get the water poured all poured on them and nadiv turns to shirim and asks like was it real and shirim's like ah, we don't really know uh, it might be and nadiv's like why channel it and shirim like stops because that's not supposed to be possible like you're not supposed to remember anything so you shouldn't remember that you can even channel. Like, yet you shouldn't be able to do that in there. Don't do it again. Basically, the when this thing was found, they tried doing that, and they came back completely burnt out. Still, like, bad stuff happened when you channeled in here. Don't do it. So, yeah, that's your warning. Let's go to the second one. This is for what is, and go through. What before we get on? Before we get to this next, what is? I have to talk about this. What do you think about the whole thing where, like, they're shocked that she actually channeled in this thing? I, w I was leaning a bit towards uh, what Chris was saying, you know, at this point. Is this is this part of what we're going to find out about Nynaeve, what her special ability is? Um, and I, I can't really put into words what that might be. I, I guess he touched on it some, the her ability to be... Uh, an empath, but at the same time, overly guarded. Um, I don't know if it's part of her character that, that gives that ability or, or part of, you know, some, some special, I don't know. I don't know, but I was starting mm -hmm. to have, have those thoughts right about now. I, okay. I just thought it was really interesting because it's almost like they have figured out a way to purposely take the ability to channel away from them when they enter because she makes the statement, you shouldn't have been able to remember being able to channel. And she's like, and that's because of the harm that can be done to the user that is channeling. Like we know mm -hmm. that, well, like when Rand used the power, though it's the opposite. Like he, you know, he kind of took took it took a toll on his body, took a toll on him. And so channeling this much power the way she did supposed to cause her harm or could potentially cause her harm. And of course we know that use of the power without understanding is very dangerous and she has little to none. 
but here she is redirecting the power of a forsaken back at him. Mm -hmm. And I, I did read that portion over and it did almost seem as if she had drawn on his source of the power and redirected it, which makes it even crazier. It's almost like she didn't, yeah. like she was using uh, Sidene instead of Sidar. Hmm. Yeah. Is that possible? Like, I don't know that we've really explored the potential of women using the male side, but, you know, that that kind of hit my mind when I read through it a couple of times and then looking at this part, because it didn't say, like, she opened up to the one power, but it didn't necessarily, I guess it did say that she, she drew on, I'm thinking back because it did like state the power Sidar was a torrent racing through her so it was Sidar but where I don't know what was the reaction I guess or why was there a reaction there's too many questions in my mind to really state what I want to say at this point but why did the one power come to her when it shouldn't have yeah and not only that, but came pretty strongly. She was able to control yeah. wind. She was able to move earth. She was able to redirect lightning. Yeah. These these are there's magic and then there's magic. And she <laughs> and she was doing some heavy duty magic. Your avatar take yeah, is she was, really great. Like avatar she even said it. It's like it isn't it isn't thought necessary to give a warning since you shouldn't be able to remember it, but this Tangriel was found during the Trolloc Wars. We have the record of its examination in the archives. The first sister to enter was warded. And again, she came out not able to use her powers. She was burned <laughs> to nothing, unable to channel, unable to even sense the true source. And it kind of went that way with all of them. Anybody that used the power while in it didn't come out very well. Until they stopped um, warding them. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that was and part then, of it. And once, yeah, they started coming out right. So, anyway, moving on, they go. To, she goes to the second one. I'm just for sake of time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So they, good. They, go to, they go to the second this one. This chapter's and, so big, Alan. I know. Alan's hurting cats over here. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm. So she's back home. She's at Emmons Field. Uh, and everything's kind of all crappy. Like the streets are empty, but everything's in disrepair. And she looks at the end, like the side, like the, 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 the shutters are falling off. It's just like really crappy. And, and Sin Bowie comes out, our old friend Sin Bowie. And he's like, Oh, you finally come back and storms off, like spits at her. Um, and there's tons of neglect everywhere. Nynaeve goes to the end. She sees Marin, Alvier, Egwene's mom. They have this nice little interaction where she asks about how's Egwene. Oh, she's at the tower. Blah, blah, blah. Bran, her dad's dead. Um, and <laughs> sends, sends Marin, Marin out. So. Yeah, so we have this whole like update before we meet this new wisdom character as well. But everything's kind of got a crap in Evans Field. So, do you think this is real, or is this in their head, or like, what are you guys' uh, thoughts? 
I mean, I I think we've read enough from even Eye of the World and everything to know that this is a real fear of hers. Um, yes. And it, I don't think it's so much a egotistical, like, that town would be nothing without me, but just she always had this huge sense of responsibility to take care of the town and everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like the Good Shepherd, like, a few of them got straight from the flock she she ran after them but what was supposed to be a quick recovery bring them back home is now they've been gone for a couple of months and uh i'm when i said this chapter there were things she went through that weren't very surprising this was the main part of, you know do you have planes flying over you right now hold on uh, you like- no not, not me that's me. okay sorry Sorry, is it is it that the Raptors? Okay. Yeah, they're, they're practicing the runs. They've been doing a lot today. Like the Raptors were going crazy all day today. So anyway. Yeah. But so anyway, for our foreign listeners, we live right next to Langley Air Force Base. And F twenty two Raptors fly really low overhead sometimes. It's really loud. Uh, I, yeah. I was wondering what you meant by Raptors. We have hawks and falcons around here, and I'm like and no. eagles, and I'm like, they F, they're F, generally more quiet than that. F twenty two Raptors. They're pretty loud. <laughs> okay, quiet. yeah, yeah. I bet. <laughs> Military jets. Anyway, so well, I would I would agree with you that um, this is Nynaeve's worst nightmare would be to have Sen Bowie as mayor. I would think (laughs) that. Yeah, (laughs) but it does say this is a reflection of what is, is. and so Mm -hmm. it's not really defined whether this is true or not. Um, And that's kind of what she struggles with, I think, within Mm -hmm. her own thing. Right. And there's, like I said, there's a new wisdom in like bad things are happening. Uh, people are dying, like Bran died and children are getting sick. And, and he's like, well, obviously the wisdom's doing it. So why don't we get all the women circled together and we'll vote her out and I can be your wisdom again. It'll be all cool. It will be back to normal. And then the wisdom, Melina um, shows up. Yeah, like she's searching for him because Sid went and grabbed her. She looks badass too. Yeah, <laughs> she looks badass. Yeah, she she's she's mad. She's really mad. <laughs> is Sid Bowie single? Fierce. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wondering, is Sid Bowie single, and have they hooked up? No, Sid's married. Sid's married. Okay, because his wife, his wife, and uh, and I, the world, gets him a hard time. Does that mean anything? He's in the wind circle. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. Oh, anything, right. yeah. They're, old, anyway. they're <laughs> old school there in the two rivers. I'm sure it means something. I'm sure it does. Approaching, uh, I was hoping we wouldn't have another badass fight scene and I need would say fuck it and use the power again. Um, and unfortunately, we didn't we didn't get all that melee here. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, but I guess it wasn't as necessary here. Because um, even yeah. though, like I said, the section was predictable to me, like I definitely felt naive pain, uh, real or yeah. not real. It's it's definitely something she's worried about. Yeah, and the arch appears, and Marin's yelling at Nadeep to help, and she breaks away, and 
Well, and if you guys remember in the eye of the world, Marin Alvier is the, the most wonderful person in the two rivers. Her husband's all blustery and she just pats his cheek and smiles fondly. She's bringing new trays while the, the Althors are asleep and passed out. She is, she's the most wonderful person. She just exudes positivity and joy. Mm -hmm. And I think that Robert Jordan really just kind of said, you know, let's find the happiest person that we had in book one and make her just so miserable in Nynaeve's experience here. Yeah. And then, and then the choice being left to Nynaeve is not just to leave the town, but in that moment, betray her. Betray right. her. Yes. She's going to get her ass kicked. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's, it's about to go down. Uh, maybe even killed for attempting to help Nynaeve. Um, right. Man. Right. That's a choice. Right. Yeah. A heck of a choice. Right. So Nynaeve chooses to jump back to the arch. And she comes back and Nynaeve grabs Shiriam and says, tell me it's not real. And Shiriam says, it always tries to keep you there. It always tries to keep you from coming back. Like, that's what it's going to do. <laughs> but this is why you must do it. Because we need to know that you want to be isodized more than anything else in the entire world. And that's this whole point of this test. Is to make sure that that nothing else in this world is more important than becoming Aes Sedai. And she's like, you demand a great deal. <laughs> yeah. This is a lot to ask. Yeah. Like, I yeah. left my friends, I left my people in the pit of doom to come back. Please, like, yeah. it was not real. I didn't really. I have to make Moraine pay. I have to. <laughs> yeah. It says that yeah. Hey, I, yeah. I have a I have a thought, uh, Chris. Do you do you think we're going to run into a scenario coming up where, uh, you know, Nynaeve lets the cat out of the bag? But this is about a, with to Egwene, and Egwene like ask her about it, and Nynaeve has to kind of, oh yeah, by the way, your dad's dead, and your mom probably died shortly after I left because I set her up. <laughs> like, how up would that be? Mm. Then she'd have two eyes to die that don't like her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we got books, and Jordan seems like the type. So, Chris, so, before we get through this, the, at the very end, at this here, to your point about trying to envision what this thing looks like, Nynaeve at the end threw herself at the arch in a run. So these things are spaced apart, even though they're touching, there's still enough room that you can run at it. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm still trying to envision what it is too, but they're they're spaced enough apart, I guess, that you know you have a few good steps. And in the last thing, she and Cherim had a nice little chat while they were walking <laughs> to and the next yeah, one. Yeah. So, yeah, like the golden arches. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to envision. All right, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. So we get to this last arch, and this is going to be the worst, is what Shiriam tells Nynaeve. He says, what can be worse than that? But Nynaeve decides to go on, because I'm going to finish this. I started it, got to finish it. And this is the third arch, and what the third arch is what will be. So uh, she goes actually running to the arch, and she's in the field full of butterflies. It's beautiful. Everything's perfect. And the city of Malkir is rebuilt. The seven towers are there. The lakes are there. And Land the King comes. Smiling comes, whips her off her feet, kisses her, says, you know, good to see my wife. And suddenly she's just like, wait, I'm your wife? What is going on? She's like, what's wrong, honey? Like, 
what do you mean? You've been my wife. We have kids. Like, um, this is by far probably one of the most toughest scenes because she starts all her old memories start fading away, and she starts getting replaced by the memories of this life that she could stay at, where she's happy. Right. She so. starts remembering their history that did never happened. Yeah. Starts remembering. She named her daughter after her mom, and like it's just like yes. this all these things uh really really tough um and, yeah so let's talk about all this um it's, it's an emotional roller coaster here guys <laughs> well for you i'll get this out of out of the way so chris can wow us I, i'll put my floaties on when i'm done chris but um you don't have to worry yeah, about it. <laughs> this part um and we all read with our own life perspectives uh and y'all have heard some of my stories but I'm still pretty jaded, and the whole happily ever after bullshit doesn't do anything for me anymore. If I'd have read this when I was younger, I'd be like, oh, gosh, yes, the family and this and that and the other. That's so sweet. That's what I want, too. And I'm just like, eh, don't trust it. Walk through the arch. <laughs> just, this one would have been the easiest for me. I know it's tough for Nynaeve, and I'm, I'm trying to look at it through her perspective. But for me, I'd have been like, arch, let's go. Shut up, land, arch. All right, peace out. Well, she tries. She tr- she does say, hey, "You're not real. You're not real. Bring me away. Bring me away. Not now. No. Not now. La 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 la." She closes her eyes and puts her fingers in her ears and goes, "La la la. This is not real. Yeah. This is not real." Yeah, she even says, "I have to go back." And like lands, like, "What do you mean to Emmonsfield? I'll get you a retainer to send with you. The queen can go with you. Like uh, the queen of Andor. I'm sure she'll be happy to see you." And like, and she's like, "No, uh, that." That's not, you know, not talking about going back to Evans Field. I want to go back to, I can't talk about it. I just need to leave. So on a metal level, if her kids had shown up, do you think she would have left? Uh, that had been darn near impossible. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that, that that would have made this chapter much more difficult. To go that would have made that chapter very mm-hmm. difficult. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. it, she lost it the first time. Like the arches came. But she made a choice. The arches mm-hmm. left. And then she had to channel mm-hmm. to bring the arches back, which is breaking the rules. Right. Mm-hmm. And she draws more power than really she should. Like, she feels like she's about to explode. And she kind of um, hears Shiram say, don't channel. Like, briefly in the background while she's doing it. Yeah. So she she channels, she brings the arches back, and she runs the arches as Lance, like, crying out to her, I love you, don't leave, don't leave me. And, yeah, she bursts back through. She's trembling, crying at this point. She says she hates them all. I hate uh, you, I hate all ice and I. <laughs> and Sharon's like, yeah, that's pretty much what everyone says, uh, Cool. <laughs> like, hey, yeah, at least she didn't cuss um, at me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, but the but also when she channeled, she thought of the thorn, the thorns, and the thorns are still in Nadine's hands. Mm-hmm. And that Miriam says that shouldn't be there. Like, you, yeah, that that something's wrong there. Um, yeah, it so, wasn't like uh, an accidental grazing of a bush because they're too perfectly centered. It, you know, there'd be other scratches, whatever, but. Right. Well, also, right. I mean, she mentioned other people coming back bearing the wounds. Um, why was she so? I mean, like, there's a symmetry, but is it also that she actually brought back an object like those thorns? Yeah, I think yes. that's more. I think that's more what it is. 
Yeah. I kept thinking Bialzaman. Yeah, because this is not the first time we've seen a Thorn. Um, right. right. It's not, it's not mm-hmm. the first time we've seen something happen in a dreamscape or in another world that happened in the current. So, like, I had the, I wrote down in my notes, because I did take a little bit of notes, that, like, this reminded me of the Beelzebub situation where things that happened in the other world occurred in the current world, and that this Tangreal kind of seems like the the stone columns that transport people, you know, yeah. I, I kind of right. had that feeling like maybe, maybe that's exactly what it was doing, but this is more like a time traveling device where you're going backwards or you're just moving to a different point or space on the timeline and then moving forward into the timeline. So, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Cause, cause rent, uh, yeah, true. Yeah, good point. Yeah. And and one point I do want to make is that when uh it says here the quote is quote when each thorn came free it left only a small scar on front and back of the hand. So are we talking about a, a thorn that pierced the palm of her hand to where there's a scar on the front and the back? Yeah, sounds like it. Mm. That is gnarly. Stigmata as, as yes. Remember, <laughs> remember, Nynaeve has to uh, the. She kind of operates from a source of anger. That's what generates her power, or or it has so far, and she had to use the power to the greatest extent, like almost overloading on it to bring this arch back. Which, again, according to everything the eyes that I told us, not only should she not be able to channel. But one like the main rule is it's only going to show itself once and she's able to bring it back. So like her use of the power is pretty strong there. And, you know, the pain and the anger is what has motivated her thus far. So maybe this was like a little naive BDSM move, like to self-flagellate and get the, you know, the fuel she needed to create the arch and, and make it through. But we yep. have her coming out of the arch with these thorns in piercing her hands. That is that's an aggressive wound, you would think, and and yep. it's just it, they they're able to heal it real fast. But still, that's that's pretty gnarly. Well, yeah. So she gets out. There's lots of eyes to die there in the room. Nadiv um, goes forward, finishes the ceremony with bound before the Ermelin. Um, and the ceremony ends and kind of ends with the saying, you're sealed to us now. And the chapter ends. Um, she's now accepted. So Nanif made it through this entire test. She has passed the test. She's now accepted. And we end the chapter. So final thoughts before we move on to the next chapter. Well, they do say you are sealed to us now, and the mm-hmm. Amaralyn's eyes seem to hold a dark glow. Mm-hmm. Nynaeve's shiver had nothing to do with being naked and wet. Mm-hmm. So there is a sinister little the, uh, little vibe at the end. There, Entanglement. Right? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, a little in, a little uh, little entanglement with the power. She she got compelled or or some sort of hold put on her. I will say this. I think now there's more time with Nynaeve, you know, being one of the accepted here. 
So maybe I'm wrong, but I, I might have been too harsh when the Amerlin was dicing up Nynaeve on the boat. Um, I was thinking to myself, and I think I've mentioned on, on that podcast, like if if that's what it takes to be an accepted, like that's pretty messed up. Like these these eyes that I are pretty sick. But I was assuming that, you know, in those first couple of weeks as accepted that the Aes Sedai would be doing all of these things to her. But in a way, on the boat, Nynaeve wasn't just being tested to see if she could make it. It, it was kind of preparing her for like these three scenarios were like the, the worst things you could think of are happening to you. So I don't know, maybe, maybe I was a little harsh on our I said I friends here. Maybe they were trying to throw her a bone to help get her ready. Um, yeah, well, I, and I, do, I do think that Sherium is probably one of the better guides that the white tower has to offer when you're uh, a, a going through this experience. There's some pretty cold, people in this thing that if they're like yeah walk through yeah just go there get naked walk through jerium seems to be like really accepting and she's like you know kind of a bridge between uh mm-hmm. this experience and and the coldness of the Aes Sedai that yeah. if if Elida was your guide she'd be like whatever yeah yeah that's hard we all did it get over it True, you know that is Shiriam is kind of this like kind of like the nice Girl Scout leader. <laughs> yeah, good point. All right, moving on to chapter twenty-four: new friends and old enemies. And the symbol is the flame of Tarvalon again, because we're still in Tarvalon. Uh, we're just in a different point of view. So, yeah. Um, you guys want to talk about the chapter title? I mean, I know we talked about it at the end of the last episode, New Friends and Old Enemies. Um, I think you guys predicted this is going to be something with Pat and Fane, but it's not. But um, obviously, <laughs> yeah, we, we yeah. were definitely off the mark there. Um, yeah. like, like we just stated, this chapter kind of is self-explanatory once you've read it. So the title yeah. itself makes perfect sense. I mean... Wouldn't necessarily yeah. call anybody an enemy, but we we do have that one Miss Isodai who's clearly wanting to get hold of Rand for her own purposes, which yeah. is kind of the theme with all of these the, the ladies that were yeah. coming across here. So Rand became quite the ladies' man without even knowing it. He did, he did. So yeah, so let's jump right in. So we're we're now in Egwene's point of view. So she's in the tower. It's Egwene. Um, she's following and accepted to her quarters. So she's she's uh she's now being led to the tower to where she's going to stay as a novice. And you've learned that Nynaeve, This is after the ceremony because Nynaeve has been raised to accepted. She has the special dress now that has like the different colors on the bottom of the white dress all the seven colors of the Ajas, and then the serp- she has a serpent ring as well. So uh, you get your ring at Accepted, not at Aes Sedai. So she has that uh, the, the Aes Sedai ring already um, that we learned about in the first book that Marine had. And so Accepted shows her going to her room, and there's a, there's a girl in there already. And they start talking. Um, and it doesn't take long for going to figure out who this person is. Yes, this is a girl with reddish golden hair spilling around her shoulder, sitting on 
one of the two hard benches mm -hmm. and it stated that she had a dignity and self-possession about her that made her yeah. seem older and she's quite elegant. Mm -hmm. So we've, we've met this girl before. This is Elaine. And if you guys remember back when Rand fell into the gardens, uh, this was the daughter heir to Andor. Um, and we've met her and her brother and her brothers, both Galad and Gawain, who Ian called me Gawain. Um, <laughs> oh, no. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that cuts uh, to the heart. I, uh, I meant it as a compliment at the time. I guess I just don't know enough. Yeah. Well, still, it's still biggest... this, this interaction, it's still not bad yet. So, you know, it's, uh, yeah. you know. I will say that's the biggest spoiler that everybody has given is mm. when I mentioned that I called him out as being Gawain, everybody goes, oh, oh no, oh, my goodness. We see in this chapter that Galad is obviously the more handsome of the two, right? Yes, yes. Good Galad recovery, good recovery. I mean, so yeah. maybe it was that. Maybe it wasn't spoiler at all. Maybe it was just like, oh, okay, you, yeah, okay. Alan's like scraps over there. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, good recovery. Pretty much. That's quality. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So she's complaining about all she's does in the office is a bunch of chores. Like all she's doing is washing dishes and like just doing a bunch of chores. Like, yeah, that's pretty much all the novices do. It's just chores. Um, we do a little bit of lessons here and there. They talk about kind of like their daily schedule of mostly doing chores everywhere, but then occasionally get get trained. Um, Again, this is Dolores Umbridge. What is that? So this is Dolores Umbridge, and she teaches oh, us yeah. very important lessons. Patience is yeah. a virtue that must be learned. And yeah. she said, uh, run beside her when she tells you to walk, and she'll have you in her study before you can blink. Mm -hmm. And yep. she has a willow switch, which she's just going to draw blood. So there's a lot of parallels there. Yeah. <laughs> And, and Elaine kind of they, they 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 meet they talk they become fast friends right away like they they like each other right away and Elaine says you know well at first we'll learn how to feel the power and Green's like oh I've already took lessons with Moraine check out what I can do and she forms a little bit of a ball of light and Elaine does the same thing like she forms her own little ball of light but then they notice they see a glow around each other and it's the first time they've seen that between each other and like they're like oh my god we just saw each other channel for the first time ever this is also like it's a little girly like woo moment um so jordan takes us into these girls rooms and they both they have their first time together and, yeah. <laughs> and i'm not supposed to comment on it <laughs> no, no you can um i think i just glowed did you just glow yeah i think i glowed too <laughs> yeah, i'm pretty sure i saw Right, so someone just posted in uh in, in chat. Did we just become just did we just become best friends? Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the step brothers. Yes. Like, <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah. So they they both see each other glow for the first time, and they get really excited. Um, and then Elaine kind of changes the subject. She's like, "Wait, you're from the Two Rivers, right?" She's like, "Yeah." She's like, "Do you know a guy named Rand?" And Egwene's like, why? <laughs> and then, and then all of a sudden, Egwene puts two together. And goes, wait a second. Rand told me a story that she met 
this girl that fits your description. Wait, are you the daughter heir to Andor? And like, Elaine's like, yeah, that's me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, get this kind of interchange there. And like, Gwen's kind of taken back. She thought like, this was a bullshit story. And like, oh, it really happened. And, and there's like a little tinge of jealousy here too. So, interaction like they're definitely becoming fast friends but at the same time like there's just a little bit of like back mm-hmm. and forth about red um, right and do you guys think that this changes Egwin's opinion of Rand because she always dismissed him as being Rand Thor? why why are you such a woolhead blah 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 and then all these people are like oh you know Rand Thor, you know Rand Thor. do you think that this kind of it opens her up or uh, uh, what do you think that this does to her? I, I don't know. Well, she talks about it in a little bit and in a little side comment in her head, like, you know, I just dance with one guy and Rand's over here just, you know, showing up to all the ladies, da, 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 da. So, I mean, it's definitely on her mind, but so far it's, it's been a little bit of a, uh, I won't say negative, maybe an immature response. Maybe she just doesn't see him in that light yet, you know? Because she's known yeah. him as a kid, so she's known him as the wool-headed dude. She hasn't really known him as a young man for very long, where these you girls just remember. met him as a young man, you know? And we've never remember, seen like, her really respect him, per no, se. Three months ago, there was no respect. Like, she was just becoming a recognized woman and he was a boy riding on a wagon into town with his dad. Yeah. Like, yeah. we're getting what we should be getting from a young woman, somebody who just kind of came into her flowering, in a sense, came into her Yeah, her and, her and Elaine. Like, she's the only one that's got, like, a normative life, other than the fact that she's, you know, trained to be an eyes to die. Like, she's got the most normal life out of the group at the current moment. And so she still has that small sense of innocence. And she's kind of moving from that adolescent to teen phase if we want to associate it with something. So she's yeah, got true. easier she's an easier character to kind of break down. And, like, this is all high school drama. Like, oh, my God, girl, did you see that guy? Like, yeah, I saw him. Like, oh, he's totally mine in the background. Oh, he's totally mine. So now we're going to fight for him. And then we're not going to be friends anymore. And then we're going to be friends again because he did us both dirty. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. there you go. Yeah. There was my I, love, I love that you said that because this is one of the moments I wished we had a more direct narrator. Because as I read it, it was blah, 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 blah we're going to be best friends, aren't we? Then the narrator comes in, only they wouldn't be best friends. They would be the opposite. (laughs) (laughs) That didn't happen. They know. (laughs) And then you throw in a third woman, and it's like, whoa, wait a second. Yeah, it just, it feels like a setup to me. It it feels like a setup to a future brawl, but we'll we'll see. Well, maybe, maybe. So, yeah, so, uh, you know, after this whole thing, they start to watch Sherry up, um, like, Gwen's like, she seems like a really nice woman, like Dolores Umbridge. And hey, Lane's like, yeah, that's very, very big, foolish shit. Like, um, <laughs> sorry, uh, sorry, come on. Yeah, yeah. Sharon could be a, be a 
a real bitch. Um, but, um, you just don't know yet. Um, so, um, then you learn about novices are treated like children. Like, and the way they look doesn't matter how old you are. If you're a novice, you're a child. And if you're accepted, you're kind of like a young adult. And then once your eyes die, you are a full adult. So, like, that's how women are treated. It doesn't matter how old you are. It just, you're treated like children when you're a novice. Um, and I start going through all the different rules and there's tons of rules and obviously it's set up in the way that you're going to end up not abiding all the rules because there's too many. Um, you're going to get in trouble. Um, but if, unless you got some more to talk about there, I think the next slide is the more important one where it's, they start talking about that there's only 40 novices and only seven or eight will become accepted. Um, and my question was, the numbers are so low, and they talk about the reasons, the theories on why these numbers are so low. Like, obviously, you think about this is the entire world. Out of the entire world, only seven or eight will become accepted. Of that, only a few of them will become ice and eye. So, like, the numbers are dwindling. Um, like, there's not nearly as many as there used to. You get the idea that, like, the, right, the, right. We're getting like 20%. It's dying. It's dying yeah. off. Um, yeah. yeah. And and they said, well, well you, you ever heard about, you know, when you call the sheep, you know, like uh, you cut out bad genes. And they said, well, you know, we've been, and the Reds have been killing or gentling all the men that can channel. Do yeah. you think maybe for 3,000 years we've been cutting out all the men? Therefore, we've been literally cutting out the gene pool. For people that can use magic, Darwin's so that's <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, it's and a really it's progressive a, field too. It's yeah. a solid theory. I mean, everything so far in a book and a half um, talks about a balance, and you know the the female power might seem great now, but back in the day when it could be balanced with combined with the male power, it was just that much stronger and. Um, yeah, so if, if you're taking one half of something that's necessary for the whole thing to grow and you just keep chopping at it, that's obviously going to yeah. have some negative effects. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so my big question is what your thoughts were on all that. I mean, yeah, it's negative effects, but what are your thoughts about the White Towers numbers dwindling? I guess more of what I just said. You, I, I don't think you can have one without the other. And if and if they've been calling the one side, I don't think it's just a, a genetic thing. Like there aren't enough men with potential out there having kids. Uh, I think it's just the existence of the power as a whole, uh, yeah. and you got that balance. So they're kind of shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah, I don't think they're as revered as they once were. Like well, they don't hold. And Maureen just stumbled across two. She just, yeah. you know, maybe the White Tower isn't being as proactive as as they should be, perhaps, you know? Yeah. Well, and they seem so, to be in their own internal politics between the different color Aja as well. So that might have something to do with it. You know, if, if they were working as, you know, one team, maybe they would do a better job in, in recruiting and, and finding these folks. But, um. You know, the Browns just have their noses in books. The Reds want to kill men. The Greens want to make babies with men. The, the Blues are, I don't know, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. So, I mean, the next scene you have Elaine's, like, Elaine's super curious about Rand, and so was Elida. Uh, the, you find out now the White Cloaks had followed uh, Elaine to the White Tower. She talks about that. It also says there is two other women that have talked about Rand as well. So Elsa Grenwald was one of them. Uh, do you remember Elsa? Yeah, it took me a second, but yeah. the one, She was all about Rand, just goo-goo and gaga and over him. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so that's from the yeah that's from the um, Eye of the World, yeah. Um, where they stopped at the farm. You remember that? Where the the yeah. Do, do you remember? It, yeah. So her her mom kind of saved him. Yes. Yes. That was the, yeah. yeah. You can stay here, but stay away from my daughters. Daughter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. No problem. <laughs> Yep. So, so Elsa's there, but then they said there's another woman that's here too. I want to introduce you to her. And they start they they go out to go find this other woman. And as they're walking down the corridor, a man steps out in, you know, in the accepted corridors. Um, and you know, accepted kind of tells him to go back where you know to go back to the garden. You're not supposed to be here. And he kind of laughs, and he's obviously super depressed. And you find out who it is. It's it's Logan. He's been gentled. Um, mm. He's kind of just randomly, depressingly walking around without the power, the white tower. Kind of Eeyore status. No. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry Life about me. <laughs> just Eeyore. So yeah, Logan's like super depressed. He's Eeyore. Pretty much, and so I, I I wanted to stop real fast just to talk about Logan before we move on to the next character. Um, I know Chris had a big thing thinking Logan was going to be the one. What were your thoughts about seeing Logan in this condition? Ah, there's still hope. <laughs> there's still hope. <laughs> He's going to figure it out. He's going to find a way. No, I I just it kind of just goes to show how willing the eyes to die are, are to finding their answers and the means mm-hmm. to an end. I mean, this man went through destroying towns and villages and killing people. And they're like, we're going to gentle him and then we're going to study him. Like, I may have come up with the study part, but why else would you be there? What yeah, I was study? wondering why you were th- why is he there still, right? Yeah, like if for me it would be let's let's study them, let's figure out how the power works, let's try to figure out something regarding the taint. Like let's try let's use him to our advantage. Well, you Do you guys ever see to... one one flew over the cuckoo's nest? Oh, a long time ago. Yeah, it was a, a movie about a uh, mental hospital with Jack Nicholson in there, and he ended up getting lobotomized. And that is what Logan kind of reminds me of him as he's shuffling down a hallway. This one's vibrant, you know, renegade kind of guy who seems to be just tamed or gentled, as they call it, you know? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I remember that movie. That's a great point. He does, he has that kind of lifelessness. Yeah. I'd wonder why they're not just using him for like some sort of breeding program. Oh, that's another good thought. Oh, well, yeah, going back to the choline, maybe they're trying to see if there is some DNA thing to it, and some of the greens are trying to get knocked up. Well, no, because they still don't accept that many people. 
Mm. That's the other thing. Like, how can beggars be choosers? Yeah. 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 They well, split him out to pasture. So after this, she says, well, I want you to meet this other girl named Nin. You know, and Gwen recognizes her immediately. She's like, oh, I've met you before. We met in Berline. And we, we see Min again. Um, she's glad to see Elaine. Um, obviously, um, it's this reunion kind of scene where Gwen's met her before. I mean, you remember, you guys remember Min, right? She was. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. Image. She saw the vision and stuff. Yeah. She was creepy with Rand. She's like, you've run away, but we'll meet again. <laughs> and he's like, get away from me. Yeah. yeah. And that's the first thing men does is ask about Rand. And, and Gwen's kind of upset that everyone's talking about Rand. They're like, could you guys quit talking about Rand? Like, <laughs> like let's just talk about something else. Um, um, but, you know, um, and, and men says, you know, that, that Gwen's kind of like, says, well, are you a novice too? So the men's like, no, no, I'm not a nice guy. I'm not going to be nice guy. I'm, just, I'm here because I was forced to come here because they want to study me because of what I can do. Um, and you learn that, you know, once again, they say, you know, men sees auras and images and things like that. And you start getting some of those. So she, they explain some of the things that they've, that you've seen. So um, that Elaine would share her husband with two other women. Um, Elaine would be oh. queen. Something about a severed hand. There's room for a prediction there. There's a love triangle going on, or square, yeah. whatever you would call that shape. Four corners. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And then um, something, something about severed hand, um, as well. So, uh, what are your thoughts about all these different quick things that they said? Ah, uh, so far the things that men has been able to see that has been shared with us as a reader. Like you could go on all day trying to figure out, but you would just be throwing darts at a dartboard. And it's after the fact that you can look back and go, Oh, and it stuff starts to make sense. So I'll just, I'll answer this question by the end of this book, maybe a little bit further when I have a chance to go, Oh, <laughs> and we'll come back to it. Yeah. Yeah, I like men though. You know, doing her own thing. She's not trying to fit in anybody's category. Almost intentionally not trying to fit in the categories that are, you know, put before. She wants to wear boyish clothes. You know, nobody else does in this world, but she's going to do it. Right. You know, she's like, I'll, I'll right. dress as I choose. <laughs> yeah. I love her. I like yeah, it. that 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 little attitude is is kind of badass. Well, yeah, I think that a thing. I've always had a thing for the cute tomboy type ladies, so you know. So after they had this whole interaction with with Min, two guys show up, and one of them's the most beautiful, dreamy guy. It's McDreamy. He's so hot. Um, so thirsty. So they're, they're thirsty. shirtless. They walk up all sweaty, <laughs> like uh, like Benetton models. <laughs> yeah. This, this is this is that uh I, I don't even know what guys to talk about this scene on but because I'm probably dated with any 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 actors I could choose but uh yeah so you get Galad and go on uh, Gawain. Alan 
Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, okay, yeah. So, yeah. So these these, these these two dreamy guys, Alan and uh, Galad guy, uh, <laughs> and Alan Junior. <laughs> so, so Galad is the dreamy one, obviously. Yeah, whatever. Uh, um, and, and you know they they show up. Uh, they had this interaction. Um, but by the way, I am a junior, so it's uh, it's, it's not that's not really that. Uh, whoa, whoa, hey, um, yeah, what, <laughs> show me, uh, can I meet your dad, please? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, um, so yeah, um, Gal- yeah, so let's talk about this. Gal- 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 <laughs> hey, I find something interesting, go. <laughs> Uh, so Galad has a chest. Well, I with... love how I love how all the girls just kind of just jump into hugging, and and uh, what is it? Uh, Gowan's like, "What's going on?" And they're like, "You wouldn't understand." Giggle, giggle, giggle. Just I I was never in a fraternity. I don't understand sororities, but this is kind of what. I would picture a sorority situation would kind of be like with instant um, kind of uh, personal jokes and things that you wouldn't understand because although we just met seven minutes ago, we have this inner bond kind of thing. Yeah. No. I, don't, I don't know anything about that. Yeah. You <laughs> It's like the opposite play on like, you know, the boys that have their boys only clubs and like girls keep out and you yeah. know, except now it's the girls doing it to them. They really do bond pretty quickly though. They're all they just do. hugging. They're all just hugging it within minutes. Well, two of them showed each other their light and right off the bat. I mean that's well, yeah, that mm, is intimate. Pinky. That is pretty intimate. Pinky. Yeah. Yep. I hear yeah. you. So Galad is really forward with Egwene. Like, hey, yes. let's go let's go out dinner tonight. <laughs> like, like, I mean, literally just like completely forward. Um, he's all I'm swiping right. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He definitely swiped right hard. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and she totally bite, buys into it. Like she wants to think of Rand, but just can't. She's like all struck. By Galad, and she's like, "Yeah, sure. Let's. What time? What time are we going to dinner? What time are you picking me up?" Um, <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, McDonald's. Yeah, that's fine. She- I love hamburgers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, vegetarian. Wait, what? I don't know. Uh, Whatever you want. So, I mean, that's that's how I got this scene. Was like that. Gwade's completely just goo goo gaga for for Galad. Well, yeah. it's like imagine Brad Pitt walks up and is like, "Hey, want to go for a walk or a picnic? I I'm yeah. into you." And she's like, "Oh my god, yeah, 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 yeah." And everyone's just like, "Ha ha 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 ha! Look, look at you, look at you getting hit on!" Ha 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 ha! Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So and then this industry doesn't take too long. They they pretty much are Galad leaves and men. You know, turns and says, "Well, that one does right, no matter who he hurts." And Elaine is 
really doesn't even want to admit Glods is her brother. I mean, technically, it's it's her half brother, but it's yeah, very much like he's not my brother. But I disown him. Like I don't yeah, like. Yeah, that's a weird up. reaction. That's a weird yeah. reaction. So, what's well, your guys' what's your guys thoughts about all this this interaction? I, I would say Elaine's reaction to Glad, like pretty much denying that he's actually her brother. I mean, it, it kind of it fits from the very first time we met them. I mean, she was very quick to go over and offer aid to Rand and, you know, try to befriend him and, and all that jazz, even though, like, considering what happened, like, that was a huge potential threat. Uh, so that says a lot about the type of person she is. Um, and then, you know, Glad was, right off the bat, he finds out he's going to go tell somebody and get the guards there and blah, blah, blah. And they're just so, at their core, very different and morally different and and you know i i could see how she would consider like there's no way we came from the same two parents just completely different people right they're like well he our dad he does have our dad's seed come on give it give him a break and she's like nope nope i hate that dude So yeah, so you learn a little bit more about Galad. He's a great swordsman, apparently. Um, and 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 Godwin's there, surprised about the whole two river, rivers thing. That like the queen's from two rivers. He gets really all about the two rivers again, like he did with Rand. Um, and asks about Rand, like everyone else does. And the queen's like really fed up about this, and she's like, "So he's been really funny about this Rand guy, like." Like everyone I meet has met Rand. Um, like I've met so many people now that all have met Rand. Like it's almost like he's like Tavir or something like that. <laughs> um, so I, I know what you guys uh, thought about that. Like Egwene, just, Egwene coughs a little bit, chokes up. Tavir in the gut. What? Uh, what are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Like I couldn't tell if he was uh, just very astute or if it's just that situation where like a a, a broken clock is right twice a day. Yeah. Well, part of the compliment that I was making towards Alan about him reminding me of him, he, he is, he seemed to be very astute and he seems to know a lot of random shit about a lot of random shit. Um, so, I mean, he's drawn on, he's drawn on some like intelligence that, that he has and some knowledge that he has. So it's not a totally off the cuff. Yeah, He may not know that he's right, but. It's, it could be one of those scenarios where he throws it out there to see what reaction he gets. Yeah. Hmm. Sure. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, at this point, uh, they start about, talk about Lida. says, you know, Lida's been asking uh, Godwin about Rand as well. And then Lida shows up. Um, you know. And but Lida comes over to them. You know, Elaine introduces a, a going to her. Uh, but it's cut off really quickly, saying you should talk to Isidai before it's spoken to, like kind of like children, you know, you're not supposed to talk to spoken to. And basically she sends, you know, all of them away. Uh saying she wants to talk to talk to men men by herself. And that kind of ends this scene. So Well, I love the whole who the F are you, novice? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Get away. You don't talk to me until talking to. Go go see the Mr. Synovices later. <laughs> yeah. That was like the only note that I wrote down for that whole chapter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So after all this, it kind of flashed forwards. It doesn't actually tell what questions were asked. It just flashed forwards to men, men's point of view afterwards, after the questioning. Just thinking about how there's a whole lot of questions about, about Rand. And it ends with a chapter with like men thinking like who's who is Rand? Who is oh, this guy? And how she doesn't want to fall in love with him. Don't yeah, yeah, yeah. And how she doesn't want to fall in love with this guy. Well, and men's a big fi- a fat liar too. She yeah. did not say anything truthful to Elida. Yeah. So that, that ends this chapter. Like I said, this is a lot shorter than the last one. Last testing is long because it's so much, but. So, any thoughts from this chapter, or any thoughts from any of the chapters? I mean, obviously, we went through testing a whole lot, but thoughts overall? Yeah, this, for the most part, just felt like one of those chapters where Jordan was like, all right, we got to set up some future conflict or whatever. We need to introduce some characters from different journeys. So, you know, not super exciting, but necessary. You know, let's throw these few folks in the pot and then we'll talk about them later on down the road down the road okay good deal what are what are your thoughts of uh on elaine here she's very much in charge like regally or um or on a larger level i again this whole thing just had that click feeling to me yeah so it's just on a superficial like I hate to say girl level, but this is all girl talk for me. Yeah. So just yeah. like uh, it's interesting, I can listen to it, but what relevance is it going to hold later? I like the fact that they made that promise to each other that they wouldn't let Rand get in between them. I think that's going to be interesting. Um, yeah. Good luck. These characters see yeah, exactly as they develop. Like I, I think that will be fun to watch and. Like, I just, I feel like there's this chapter that was insignificant in my mind. There's yeah. going to be a lot to it later on down the road when it comes to Rand and his relationships with all of these women. And then, of course, the two brothers and their relationship with the, the ladies and then their relationship with Rand. And I think this is part of just like Jordan's way of saying, hey, pay attention to everything. Yeah. Right. Yes. Jordan, Jordan, yes, pages and everything. Yes, that's uh... and, and and a story that so far has been pretty. The characters have, for the most part, not been very effusive about their feelings. They've been guarded. They've been trying to protect things. They've been trying to uh, not share their emotions. It was kind of refreshing for me to for Egwin to say. I want to be your friend and Elaine saying, I want to be yours. And everyone just being like, yeah, thank you. Thanks for saying that. (laughs) That that's a, that's a really refreshing openness that I uh, loved. Yeah. I guess I, I did get that feeling briefly, but, but kind of like I said, uh, you know, knowing that Jordan and and Martin were friends and if there's any sort of similarities, I, I just feel like it's a setup. (laughs) <laughs> that the happiness isn't going to last. It's a trap. It, at least not for all of them. Yeah, it's a trap. So you mean I mean, George I guess I, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, I should enjoy it while it's here. They're having a happy moment. That's great. It's all the very best of friends. I think I'm so more. In the, I think I'm more in the Ian camp. I don't <coughs> when it comes to this chapter and kind of. So, I just don't know if it's kind of. Yeah. Well written, to be honest. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a filler chapter, yeah. kind of sort of. But there's a lot of nuggets in there. Anyway. So one thing we always do after we finish this is we do favorite character. So last week, guys' favorite character by far was Lan, because Lan's the man. I asked Twitter who they thought your favorite character would be, and they all thought loyal. Like, like outstandingly loyal. Like, loyal got 60% of the vote. Lan got 25%. So it was definitely, uh, everyone thought your favorite character would be loyal. It was Lan. So, but this week, favorite character. I mean, we don't have a whole lot to go on. We have the first chapter, which is pretty much just naive. I mean, I mean, Shiryam's kind of in there, but like... And then this next chapter, we got more. We got Elaine, we got Egwene, we got Galad, we got Gawain, Elida, but... Rand is my man. This, this go around. What did you say? I said Rand is my man. This go around. Brand? He's not even in these chapters. He's indirect. He's indirectly getting all these girls. He's my favorite. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All these women, they're like, "Hey, have you seen Rand? Have you seen Rand? Have you seen Rand? <laughs> hey, do you know Rand out Thor? <laughs> everyone, everyone is talking about Rand. Yeah, so there you go. <laughs> uh, so yeah. So Rand's Chris's pick, Ian. <laughs> Favorite character uh, from the I, I have to start with an honorable mention for Nynaeve, and I'm I'm sure a lot of people might think we would have gone with her. Yeah. Uh, don't get me that was a fantastic chapter, and what she went through was just uh, gut wrenching at times. But um, I have to go with our little blip of a character with Min because she is the female honey badger. She don't give a shit. Yeah. Men, and, yeah. yeah, and I'm and I'm loving it. So Good. I'm gonna go with men. Yeah. <laughs> okay, men it is. So yeah. And apo- so- apologies for last episode. I mean, how could they have known Lan would speak two words and I would go up? Oh, Lan's the man. Like literally, it was his last two words. Yeah. Of the chapter that <laughs> I know. Over. Uh, exactly. Embrace death. Mm. Embrace death. Yeah. So. So, yeah, so also one thing we do before we end the episode, before I go to my final uh, sign-off thing, is next chapter. So we're doing two chapters next week, and this is probably the first spoiler I'm going to give in a long time. Um, yeah, so I'm going to say the names of the chapters, and I'm going to say the spoiler at the same time. So the names of the chapter are Kyrian. Uh, that's the next chapter is just Kyrian. And then the next chapter after that is Discord. And the only spoiler I'm going to give is I'm sure that our entire fan base is extremely excited about next week. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Everyone is extremely excited for you guys to read these next two chapters. Um, So (gasps) so, um, that's all I'm going to say. Someone's going to make sweet, sweet loving. Yeah, <laughs> is that what Discord means to you, Ian? I love that's that. What our, uh, <laughs> would get excited about. Yeah, baby, that's funny. You were DMing me recently. 
<laughs> so, I, so, so we always ask, what do you guys think is going to happen? Like Kyrie and Discord. So what do you think is going to happen? Mm, they're going to go there, and then some people are not going to get along that maybe used to get along, but now they're not. <laughs> they they hop oh, into yeah. our, dis- our Discord server, and that's um, <laughs> it's like the different store you're actually in. Yeah, anyways. <laughs> yeah. We might be introduced to a couple of new characters. Who knows? Ah, maybe a few characters. Yeah, there you go. You DM loyal, and he takes forever to respond. Sorry, Rand. I've got fat thumbs. Literally, if, you guys, if, if there's any time where you guys want to go ahead and start reading as fast as possible... These are the chapters. So, gotcha. <laughs> well said. Well said. Hey, and, and I want to say thank you for having us on with these chapters. This testing chapter is really one of the ones that stand out in my head within mm-hmm. the whole series. And it's really yeah. awesome to be able to talk about it with you guys. This has been really, yeah. really fun. And thank you, and thank fun. you both, Dan and Ryan, for coming on and uh, joining us because it's it's been a fun night. Uh, I've had fun. I hope you guys did too. <laughs> oh <laughs> man! Oh man! I want to I want to do it every week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it was great. Yeah, it was good times. Fun. You guys are the best. Oh yeah, yeah. Thank you. Well, no, uh, you I, hang up. You hang up. Uh, so yeah, so, no, I'm rubber. Uh, you glue. in the podcast? No, you in the podcast? No, yeah. you in the podcast? I'm rubber. Your glue. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and sign off. Uh, so I'll, I'll go ahead and take the blood. Um, uh, as always, a dark friend. So how you can find the way to leaf? Uh, so <laughs> you can find them on Twitter. You can find them. They have their own Discord too. So you guys. Go hop over to uh, the Way the Leafs Discord. Uh, check them out. Check out the YouTube. It's great. They're puppets. They're fun. It's great. Good times. How you can find us at The Wheel Reads um, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all these good places. The Will Reads at gmail.com is our email address. But we do actually technically have a website now. It's thegreatblight.com slash creator something. I, it's in the description. Just <laughs> click on the link below. I don't memorize yet. That's going to be the website for everything. Um, that will take you to our Patreon. It'll take you to uh, invites to Discord, um, and also to our merch store as well. Um, so, um, you know, you can buy merchandise. We have lots of merchandise out there. Buy T-shirts, frosty mugs. We just gave one away. Shot glasses, water bottles, hats, beanies, all the good stuff. So. Um, Definitely go check out the merchandise store. Check out the greatflight.com. Um, it's a great website. Alan, I have a question. How do you ship these mugs and they stay frosty? Oh, well, <laughs> they don't they don't get frosty till you put them in the in the freezer. Okay. But uh, oh, yeah, but but, but yeah. But we, but but but, but oh, they're but they are extremely durable. So I can ship them and they probably won't break during shipping. I can't guarantee they won't break. Because that would probably be, won't. yeah, yeah. Um, You'll probably they, get a hole. They're probably get They are glass. I mean, I've been told they're extremely durable and they won't break, but 
I, I, I'm not going to make a guarantee on my podcast. And like someone orders one, it's like, it broke. I'm like, uh, sorry. Like, <laughs> <laughs> sucks. Yeah, that sucks. Right, sucks bro. to be you, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure our video will, will, will send you a new one for free. But, um, like, uh, yeah, we're, we go through a third party person that makes all the stuff. Like, I'm not making mugs myself, I don't know how to make glass. Like little disclaimer there. So, uh, so hopefully they make a good job. And hopefully they honor those kind of things if they do break. But um, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah. Uh, Patreon support us there. Uh, that's a great place to give us money so we can give away more stuff like frosty mugs and books and maybe upgrade equipment. Even though our our little crappy style of doing a podcast is kind of our old stick. Maybe we'll actually become professional podcasters. I don't know. Maybe one day we will. Maybe <laughs> one day we'll grow up and actually become real, real podcasters. I don't know. Uh, How would we do anything like that? Yeah, we need more XP. I think probably by the third book, we'll we'll be ready to level up. Maybe by then. Maybe I don't know. Maybe we just do crappy podcasts the entire time. Audio drift. I don't know. This <laughs> month, this month, you guys have certainly leveled up. You guys are at yeah. least. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah. So yeah, well and, yeah, and also like us, share us, tell your friends about us, um, review us on any service you listen to us on, whether it's uh, Google or Apple or Podbean or wherever you listen. Uh, review us, follow us, share us, do all those great things. And that's all I got for this week. Do you got anything else, guys? Until next time. Peace. Thank you for listening to The Wheel of Reads. See y'all next time.